Welcome back to Show Me Today. Veterans Day is tomorrow. We've worked with the Missouri Veterans Commission, interviewing a variety of military vets. And one of the most interesting ones that you're going to hear from now is Air Force vet Douglas Rathman, a resident at the Cameron home. He was an accountant, or was he? Here's his story with Ashley Bird. I was in from October of 70 until April of 74. I did three and a half years. I had two jobs in the Air Force. I had this primary and a secondary job titles. My primary job title that I told everybody until almost till I got here, because I couldn't tell them about my other job, was an accountant. I have Dyslexia, so you know how good that did. So I did a lot of typing and form work because I couldn't do the numbers. Douglas, you were known as an accountant, but it looks like you had an alter ego. Yeah, my secondary AFC, like they called it in the Air Force at that time, was spy. I worked for CIA. Yeah, I spent seven months undercover at the Air Force, doing Air Force and l- looking in and out of Russia. Yep, the guy that I worked for has finally died, and they didn't want me talking about it while he was alive because it might look bad on him. i afraid I might say something. You might be the first spy we interviewed on Show Me Today. You were doing that and being an accountant, so how did the two work together, and how did you pull it off? Doing the accounting work was just whenever I wasn't out in the field actually doing the spy work. I worked as a delivery and acquisition agent for CIA, which meant that I took documents, equipment, sometimes even escort people in and out of the Soviet Union. What can you tell us about your activity going back and forth? Uh, most of the time, was just a walk in the woods, because that's basically what you did. You walked people back in. We'd go in close to the border by helicopter, rappel out of a helicopter, cross the border where we needed to. Sometimes helicopter could drop us over the border. And then we would go to where we were supposed to do and deliver our documents or equipment or people occasionally in and out that had to drop off a document in what's called a dead drop. That's what they called it in the business. You go out to an area, you delivered a rock or you delivered a box to an area that they wasn't going to be visible so that the local CIA agents could pick it up and do their work. And then they would drop stuff back off and we'd go back in and pick it back up again and come back out. Douglas Rathman is with me. He's a retired Air Force veteran, a former spy. Is that what you signed up for or were you recruited for this position? No. I did very good on the enlistment tests. I got a 96% on the enlistment tests. So they said I could have any job I want in the Air Force. I told them, well, I really don't want to go to Vietnam because I'd been a protester against Vietnam. So so they told me that, no, we'll find a job for you easily and you'll be able to do something. And they got in the, after basic training was almost over. They told me, well, you're... Not going to go to Vietnam. We have another job inside for you. How good are you at wandering around and get going in the woods? Well, I grew up in the woods in Colorado. So I knew all about walking anywhere, fishing, looking for food on my own, taking care of myself. So it was no big deal. This is something right out of a Tom Clancy novel. Were there times or situations when you were frightened? Yeah, I had to fight my way out of several situations. And my last assignment, I got caught. 
And so I got tortured and beat up pretty bad and ended up going to a hospital for six months because of the injuries. Caught by whom? Oh, uh, Bulgarians. You know, they were supposed to turn me over to the KGB, but they got bored dealing with me because I wasn't cooperative. They didn't believe my stories or anything that I had to say. So they just let me go. The two border guards that did catch me ended up getting killed by the KGB for not keeping me because the KGB realized that I was one of the guys they were looking for. The bounty was equal to one year's salary for the guys that caught me. What do you want people to know about that? How you survived and what kept you focused? Well, you learn that you don't fight for country. You don't fight for some cause. You fight to keep your partner or person next to you alive. And that's what we did. We did everything we could to make sure that whoever was with us, that they got out alive. And that's what you wanted to do. You didn't worry about anything else. didn't worry about your own life. You wanted to get your partner out. After that, you came back. Did you get out of the Air Force? After I got back out of the hospital, they decided that they couldn't send me back overseas because I was too well-known. So they sent me to Biloxi, Mississippi, the Air Force base down there, to be an accountant again, officially. But on my way down there, they told me, we really know that we need your help. Because they knew that there were guys on base that were doing stuff for the Russians. They wanted me to try and catch them. So I ended up working with the Defense Intelligence Agency, one of the other alphabet groups, to work to find spies. Within a month, I caught my first spy. We see this quite a bit in movies. We're talking to our friend and ex-spy, Douglas Rathbun, who is now a resident at the Missouri Veterans Home in Cameron. Do we still have that degree of bounty hunters and things like that today? Yes, it still goes on today. But most of the time, they don't worry about trying to capture you. They just kill you and be done with it. Being an accountant in Biloxi, Mississippi, how did you hide that secret identity? Well, they put me into, originally, into an office that was just to sit and watch people do filing. No, filing, you can just sit there and get bored. But my job was to watch and see who got into the files, who didn't, because they knew there was a real problem there. And within less than a month, I saw a, a sergeant come in that was moving around files, doing stuff that I had recognized I'd been trained to do. That you can disguise what you looked at or what you took from a file by just messing a few files up. I realized that this guy's getting too many things out, and I realized by glancing back over what he had done that he had gotten a list of guys that had recently got top-secret clearances and where their new assignments were going to be. So whoever he was working for would know where all these guys, radio operators and stuff, where they're going to be assigned. Well, we don't want the Russians knowing that. We don't want anybody knowing exactly where people are being assigned. So I followed him, and we caught him just outside of the, after about two days of following him, got to the Miami where there's a Russian consulate, and he was trying to get into the consulate. But we caught him just before he got there, arrested him. We had the Russian border guard, they're guarding their embassy, threatening to shoot us as we're dragging this guy back off. We just got, got killed there doing that. But we caught him and 
saved a, several guys from being their assignments being notified to the Russian embassy about what they were doing. This is a lot of responsibility. Uh, Douglas, how did the Air Force reward or recognize your service? Uh, officially, I didn't exist on a lot of records. My entire military records at one time was eight sheets of paper for three and a half years. Yeah. You didn't exist? You had no rank? I had rank. I was officially a sergeant. But I had an ID card that made me a master sergeant, which is about four ranks higher than what I was, in case I needed the extra rank to do something. But most of the time in the Air Force, I had a beard and longer hair, which made people ask a lot of questions. But I had to be able to disappear and not look like I was part of the Air Force base. What was one of your disappearing tricks? Can you share with me? Well, we had all of our clothes had different colors inside and out. So you could stop, take your shirt off, flip it around. I put another had that shirt on and you got a different color. You'd have a hat and you change the way the bill was or anything. And if people are watching and suddenly you see a guy with a different colors on, you're not going to look for them. You're going to look for the guy you're supposed to see and you just disappear. Then you catch up behind him. You catch them doing it. How did you end up back in Missouri? About 20 years ago or so, well, I guess 25 years ago, my I was taking care of my mother back in Denver, Colorado. So I called around to my family and have a brother in Kansas City, and he said, well, come out here, bring her out here, and we'll see if we can take care of her. Well, she lived another 10 years. You mentioned watching out for the other person. What else kept you motivated? I wanted to stop World War III from happening, because at that time, it was awful close. Twice during my time there in Turkey, I saw the B-52s flying north towards the Black Sea, and that's the turnaround point. If they don't turn around by that time, then World War III has to start. If you missed part of this interview, want to hear it in its entirety, find us on your favorite podcast platform, Show Me Today.